David Fincher is back on Netflix. That's right. We're discussing his brand new procedural Mindhunter. So stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Get out of your mind! Get out of your mind! This fits the show, right? This Absolutely. <laughs> I'm out of my mind with this show right now. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to TV Pilot Reviews here on AfterBuzz TV. Guys, my name is Jeff Graham. If this is your first time tuning into the show, you're probably thinking, what the heck did I just tune in? <laughs> um, the reason I chose that song, guys, is because we are discussing Netflix's new show, Mindhunter. You know, get out of your mind. Yes. Losing it. Losing it. Serial killers. All the way. Kind of fits, right? And totally fits for this first pilot episode. Yeah, absolutely. That first five minutes. Um, guys, this is the voice of Linda Antwi. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Linda. Hi, guys. Linda. I am Linda is so girly all across social media, and I am just ready to jump into this Mindhunter. Me too. And guys, my name is Jeff Graham. If you want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. We, of course, normally also have D'Angelo Platt and Samantha Davidson. Uh, we miss you guys. They're not here this week um but that's okay because the two of us can hold it down yes we can um so again guys we're discussing a new show on netflix that's called mind hunter and just to remind you guys this is tv pilot reviews where we discuss new pilots i know this show came out a couple weeks ago yeah. but i feel like it's still buzzing so. very buzzing yeah and i feel like a lot people of have binged now. exactly people have watched the whole thing i've still only watched the first one but i think you watched a couple more it which is okay me. it hooked me yeah um but yeah, the thing with Netflix shows is I feel like sometimes it can be a slow burn, you know? Like, it's word of mouth a lot. So I think probably a lot of you guys haven't watched Mindhunter yet, or maybe just watched the first one. Um, but just so you know, guys, this is a show where we review new pilots and let you know whether you should pass or play. Mindhunter premiered, I think, on October 13th, 13th so a, a yeah. couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but we're excited to talk about it nonetheless. Um, Mindhunter is a new show on Netflix developed by David Fincher. And it's kind of a show that's looking at the motivations of serial killers, some of the most twisted of them. Correct. Mm -hmm. And also in the time frame, it wasn't something that was done back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So this is all like brand new, fresh behavioral science stuff. Yeah, that's what's interesting is it's kind of not only about the psychology of serial killers, but it's also a period piece too. Yes. It's kind of an interesting look at like what the 70s are. Um, we'll talk more about kind of the development and creation of the show in just a minute. But of course, the very first thing we do is we give you our pass or play. So Linda, I want to hear your overall thoughts to the pilot. I know you've watched more than the pilot, so do your best to keep it to just I'm the first one. I'm going to stick to the pilot and I'm going to say that it drew me in in the first five minutes mm -hmm. because I had a range of emotions. I was laughing at one moment and then all of a sudden I was shocked and I was like, did I just, without spoiling, yeah. see that? And so it hooked me. I had to find out what was going on. So I'm absolutely a play. I'm like a... 10 play. So you love it. I love it. Okay, good. Um, interesting. I don't know if I'm on quite the same page Why? as you. I've admittedly just watched the pilot. Um, and I agree, it was an amazing first five minutes. And I thought it was an amazing last five minutes. Ooh. The 40 minutes in between the beginning and the end, I kind of had trouble with. And I gotta say, overall, I feel like this, to me, is a very muddy pilot. Um, I don't feel like, to me, the characters really rang through as much as I would have liked them to. And I actually have a lot of dialogue problems in this pilot that we'll talk about. Okay. Um, but that being said, there's something interesting about a Netflix show. And I want to have this conversation with you later in the show, but if this were an AMC show and I had just watched the pilot, I'd be a pass. Knowing that this is a Netflix show yes. and I have immediate access to the rest of the season, yes. I might play. 
Um, and that might seem hypocritical, but I do think format and medium can have an effect on the way you view shows. And knowing that this is a Netflix pilot specifically, they might not have to do some of the same work that like a network pilot or a cable pilot has to do because the next episode is right there for me to watch. I completely agree. And online, so I'm quoting directly from online, it said, David faced a challenge in attempting to tell a story whose narrative is largely driven by conversation, Mm -hmm. but found the perfect format in Netflix, serialized, bin-watchable style. Yeah. So to play off of what you're saying, if it was anywhere else, it might not be the same. It might not be a play all the way, but because you you get to see what happens next Mm -hmm. right away, you're like, okay, let me stick this out. Yeah. Because if I had a week to think about it, maybe I wouldn't. Absolutely. Um, And our engineer, just so you guys know, Brianna, has also watched this, so I definitely want to get your thoughts in just a second, Bri. One more thing I do want to say, though, is to me, the perfect encapsulation of the way I felt about this pilot was what was said at the very end of the episode. And I don't think this is a spoiler, but if you're worried about spoilers, maybe just turn down the volume for just a sec. So basically, um, John Groff's, jo- Jonathan Groff's character is talking to his partner, and his partner is trying to figure out who he is. And he says, I feel like you're just a mixed bag. Are you a student? Are you an FBI detective? Are you sensitive? Are you savvy? I don't know who you are. And you're kind of a mixed bag. That's exactly the way I felt about the entire pilot. Wow. Like, to me, I don't know if the show quite knew exactly what it was in this pilot. That's just me, though. Um, And I'm glad you like it because it'll lead to an interesting discussion. It will. Brianna in the booth. Guys, our engineer is a very sophisticated TV viewer herself. We've hosted together some as well. Bri, what did you think of this pilot? Um... I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with you, Jeff. Um, I will say, to go with Linda, that I have seen more of it. So um, without giving spoilers, I did grow to like the show. Mm -hmm. But with the pilot, I wasn't sold on it. Um, It ran a little slow for me. um, The very opening scene grabbed me, but then the rest of it didn't hold up to that very opening scene for me. And it it, it just kind of felt a little off. Mm -hmm. But by the second episode, I will say I was hooked. Cool. Um, Here's a question, Brie. So this, we were having this discussion a little bit just a second ago, but do you think if you hadn't have been able to watch the second episode right away, you would have watched the second episode? It's, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm not 100% sure. It might have been one of those things where, you know, you wait till uh, winter break when all the shows are on hiatus mm-hmm. and then you kind of like go back. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Well, I appreciate your thoughts, Brian. I'll definitely be checking in with you a couple more times during the show for some other questions. Um, but in the meantime, it sounds like Linda right away was a play, which is great. I'm a play, absolutely. Yeah. But I also love these type of shows. Like yeah. I love like crime and justice shows. So I might be predisposed to it already. Mm-hmm. But I am also a fan of the executive producer and just his work with Gone Girl. Oh yeah, right. Fight Club. All of these things. So I'm also a fan, so I wanted to see what he was going to do with that. Oh yeah, and I am a David Fincher nut. Like mm-hmm. I love. I think. The Social Network might be my favorite movie of the last 15 years. And, of course, I also love Gone Girl. And Mm -hmm. everything he touches, I think, is brilliant. To me, to be totally honest, this might be, at least based on the pilot, my least favorite Fincher thing I've seen so far. Yeah. Um, And I feel like it had shades of what I love about David Fincher. But, like, you mentioned The Conversation, for example. I think of a movie like The Social Network, which, of course, opens with that epic eight-minute dialogue between um, Jesse Eisenberg's character and Mara Rooney's character. Uh, Rooney Mara. I just totally switched her name. And I still knew what you were talking about. And you knew what I was talking about. Um, But to me, that had so much more pizzazz and style than any of the conversations I feel like I saw in this pilot. I think about, um, well, 
Okay, at this point, guys, we're starting to move into spoilers. But a specific moment that I want to point to is when Jonathan Groff kind of first meets his lady friend in the bar. Mm-hmm. Their conversation just didn't have the same spice to me as a lot of these conversations I see in other Fincher projects. But isn't it supposed to be part of his character? I think so. His yeah. character, because I still just going on the pilot. Mm-hmm. He was an enigma to me. Yeah. It just very straight and dry. Yeah. But I also feel like that was just opposed to her out there character, yeah. right? Yeah, I like both of their characters mm-hmm. a lot. I just didn't like the dialogue. Yeah, I had okay. trouble with the way they were talking. And if we I, can get if more. If I may. Yeah, hop in, Brie. Um, I think it might also just be that we hadn't really delved into his character to get to know him that well. Yeah. And then we were all of a sudden being introduced to someone that was very opposite. Um, and we didn't know either of them. Mm-hmm. True. So all of a sudden they were having this dialogue and they were together, but we didn't really know who either of these people were. True. Yeah. That's a great point, Brie. Um, at this point, what I do want to do is for those listening, talk about the development of the show, talk okay. about kind of what the show is, and then we can get into more specifics. But Mindhunter is again, a Netflix show that premiered on October 13th. The entirety of season one is viewable now. So it based is. on our conversation, you guys can make a choice as to whether or not you want to watch it. Um, but it is a show that David Fincher presumably made happen. Mm -hmm. David Fincher, a lot of you guys probably know who he is, but he is originally a movie director who's now moved into TV. TV. Um, Of course, he directed Fight Club, most recently Gone Girl, but a ton of classics. And he is the real engine behind the American version of House of Cards. Yes. Yeah. The fir- and director of the first two episodes. Correct. Which is why Netflix wanted him to do this. So mm-hmm. he's in this directing, executive producing. Yep. He's all over he's it. He's all over it, yeah. yeah. Um, and I could feel a little bit of the Fincher stuff that I love, but not all of it. Um, anyway, let's talk about the show creator, though, because David yep. Fincher did not write this show. This yep. show was written by a guy whose name I have somewhere. Here we go. Joe Penhall. Um Interestingly, Joe Penhall, most of his writing history is in playwriting, Mm -hmm. which doesn't surprise me, and that's part of the criticism I have about this show, is I felt like it was a little theatrical, and maybe not written great for the medium of television. Um, But anyway, he has a number of pretty successful plays, um, most notably as a play called Some Voices, that was actually adapted into a film um, that did pretty well. Um, He also has a famous play called Blue Orange, that was also adapted into a TV show on BBC. He's a big hit mm-hmm. in uh, Britain, like a huge hit. And, yeah. and maybe based on the pilot, a lot of some of it's not translating. Yeah. But again, I'm still a fan. Yeah, you but, like it. But maybe that's what's coming across is that maybe it's not translating as well as for a Netflix show. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a bit of the British sensibility that mm-hmm. it almost would have been better if the show were. Well, it's about the FBI. So there's no way they're doing <laughs> this in the UK. But and I love my fair share of. Um, conversational British shows. If you guys go watch episode two of our show, we reviewed a show called Liar. That was a um, BBC show that I very much liked. liked. Um, Anyway, that's mostly Joe Penhall and David Fincher's involvement with the project. Um, Importantly, though, this show is based off of a book called Mindhunter that is about the life of John E. Douglas. Is that? Yeah, that's correct. Gotcha. Um, Who is kind of... The character that John Jonathan Groff is based off of, who yep. was a very important force in the FBI to start having conversations about the psychology of serial killers. He is considered uh, the founding forefather of criminal profiling. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize was that he is a real-life FBI agent, mm-hmm. and that if we look back, there's a couple of things that his character 
um, has been based off of. So in Silence of the Lamb, he was John Douglas, Jack Crawford, as well as uh, in Hannibal, played by Lawrence Fishburne, the same character. So what's interesting with Netflix is that they didn't name, like, you know that this is a real-life character or the character is based off a real-life person, but they didn't name him John or Jack, which is the same character in all three of these shows, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I wonder why that choice, but... Eh, I mean, it's fine. I don't think it necessarily takes away from or adds to the show. I don't, but I also think it's it's interesting to me that he has been such an influence on thriller-like type shows mm-hmm. um, and just the criminal profiling of it all. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you watch Criminal Minds? I do. Okay, so I feel like Criminal Minds is probably a show that owes a lot to this guy too, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, it's interesting. There's another producer here um, named Marissa. You may or may not know her. And she's a Criminal Minds obsessive. She loves the show, and she hosts our after show for it. Oh, nice. She would argue that Criminal Minds is a much better version of kind of this topic than Mindhunter. I will have to disagree just because Mindhunter, we've only seen the pilot. And mm-hmm. for any of you that have been watched, you might agree with me that... This actually unfolds quite nicely. Cool. And you really do begin to see the characters and really understand what role they're playing in this show. Yeah, and there were things about the pilot. It's much more complicated than a network procedural. It's definitely not going to take the same A story, B story, C story as your network drama. And in theory, I normally really love that stuff. Mm -hmm. I love a complicated... I mean, I think of House of Cards, right? Like, I love these complicated shows that don't subscribe to the standards of network TV. But for me in this pilot, it just kind of felt muddy. That's the only way I can describe it was there wasn't a clear and focused objective in the writing for the pilot, even if the objective would have been a complicated one. I feel like the Mad Men pilot does Mm -hmm. that for me. And I think tonally there are some Mad Men similarities here, but I just, I didn't feel it. Did you like the pilot for House of Cards? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That just shot my theory. (laughs) Well, no, I'm still interested in your theory. Well, my theory, because I I remember getting into House of Cards a little bit late. Yeah. um, And just jumping into the whole politics of it all. And I felt that it was a bit too much going on. Yeah. The dialogue was too much going on. The the action was too much going Talking on. Talking to the camera. And, all, and the breaks, all of it. So I was like, oh, this is messy. Yeah. But after I gave it a few, I was like, okay, this is genius. I get it now. Yeah. Right? So... Well, and I do think because it's Netflix, I will continue to watch. Um, and I'm excited to have the conversation of like, what is a Netflix pilot? Um, and we will eventually get into that. But I think at this point, I do want to end. Oh, let's talk about the cast. Yes. Last thing we do before we dive into the actual meat of the show. We have Jonathan Groff playing Holden Ford, who is based off of Johnny Douglas, who we were just talking yep. about. We have Holt McCallany playing Bill Tench, mm-hmm. who is like his partner. Mm-hmm. We have Hannah Gross playing Debbie Whitford, who's his kind of... Um, progressive, um, open-minded girlfriend, yep. who I gotta say, I really like. And I'm excited to talk about her. We have Anna Torv playing Dr. Wendy Carr, sure. who's a psychologist at Boston University. Was she in the pilot? She is in the pilot briefly. Okay. And mm-hmm. her character is actually based off of... these. All these characters are actually based off of real people. Oh, great. Fill us in. Who's who? So, uh, the Holden character, like we know, is based on, on um, John Douglas. 
Bill Tench's character is based off of the late FBI agent Robert K. Ressler, mm-hmm. and he's the guy that actually coined the term serial killer. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so there I hope go. that that gets unfolded in this. Yeah. Um, and then Wendy Carr, like I said, is Dr. Ann Walbert, and she wrote countless books mm. on serial killers, and she's actually still a nurse cool. um, somewhere here in the U.S. And then we have Edmund, who is the killer, the serial killer, which is the real serial killer. Okay, so we'll get into that. All right, fair enough. I like the the tease. Yes. Um, Okay, so speaking of characters and performances, this is really the point, guys, when we're about to get into spoiler territory. So if you want to go in blind, you've heard our loose thoughts about the show. Mm -hmm. We're going to start talking about the meat of the pilot. So stay tuned or don't stay tuned, but just you've been warned that we're entering spoiler territory. In terms of characters and performances... I think these performances are at worst fine and at best good. To me, the problem was that the characters weren't necessarily written in a way where I felt like it was very clear. Um, But let's start with Jonathan Groff. I think he's doing a good job. I think he's doing a good job for what we have for the pilot. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Do you have much experience with Jonathan Groff as a performer? Just from Glee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Brie, I know you're a huge Jonathan Groff fan, right? I um, I've uh, followed him since Spring Awakening yes. when he was on Broadway. Um, he was also in Looking, the HBO short-lived um, mm-hmm. show uh, about San- gay men in San Francisco. Mm. Um, he is a amazing actor, and I've seen him in things, and I know this. Be- and this pilot, and I don't know if it was the writing or the directing, I don't know what the combination was, but his acting wasn't shining through as it normally does for me. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I have some theories about kind of the performances we got connected. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a bit of a dialogue issue, not necessarily a performance issue, which Brie and I briefly discussed before the show, and we'll get into it. Uh, but I think he's doing a serviceable job. And I will say, I think they did a good job of casting kind of like the doe-eyed, fresh-faced, yes, you know? against all this dark, eerie mm-hmm. background. Yeah. I agree with that. Absolutely. He's kind of a sweet guy, yes. you know, which I think is important to, his, yeah, important to his character. Um, so we only got a bit of Holt McCallany in the pilot. This is going to mm-hmm. be, I'm assuming, his like procedural partner throughout the show because there's no police procedural without, you know, yeah. um, butting heads partners. Um, I felt like this casting felt a little weird to me in the pilot. I'm going to agree with you with this one, um, Bill Tench. I actually didn't think he was going to be the partner from the pilot. I yeah. thought it was going to be someone else. And so, Did you think it was going to be the guy that he had drinks with at the beginning? Yes, Me too. That's what I thought, because why are you going for drinks with him, and why are you overhearing or listening to his lecture? Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, this is the where they're creating the bond. And then all of a sudden, that guy is nowhere to be found yeah. in the pilot. And this guy's like, I have a opportunity for you, which was a little weird too, because he was already doing something. Yeah. Like you enrolled in school and you're auditing and now you're on the road. Okay. So yeah, all the things that you're saying are sort of the question marks I have about this pilot. And so this curly haired character, whose name I should probably know, but I don't, who was introduced and then kind of released right away, like you were just Mm -hmm. saying, to me, there was like three of those characters in the pilot of they show up to say something and then they disappear. Which, I feel like from a writing perspective, you can kind of look at it as like, we needed plot to happen, so we used this character and we threw them away. And sometimes that can kind of bug me, especially in a pilot, when we have a moment that feels significant and then the character kind of vanishes. Okay, I agree with you with that. And I feel like there were like three of them. The one that I had the most problems with was this professor. Is he at UVA at this point? I'm trying to remember. So he's at UVA and he's attending a lecture and he goes and visits this professor in the library. And they sit down and he's like, I'm assuming you know who I am. And the professor's like, everyone knows who you are. We've all been 
suspicious of you from the start and then he's like i know i've been trying to he's like actually it's not that big a deal everything's fine like i felt like there was a lot of those moments when like there seemed to be a dramatic moment of stakes like well this conflict might happen but actually it's it's fine (laughs) if i actually thought on that scene that he was actually going to recruit me too professor yeah and so i thought that that's why they were butting heads but at the end of the day they were going to work together and he was going to bring something yeah that's true guys i agree with you completely that they brought in these characters to kind of i think it was just to move him towards the um final destination that he was going in Mm -hmm. you know because of his teaching style and what he wanted to um learn and what he wanted to delve into more but Mm -hmm. it was just kind of it was kind of random to kind of introduce us to them Mm -hmm. in such a dramatic way that we thought we were going to be moving down a path with them especially in a pilot where you're learning all the characters so you want to pay attention to oh this is significant this is significant and this partnership is important and then all of a sudden it's not you're like well why did i why did you introduce me introduce me to them you know in a later episode because right now you're laying the foundation and right. for me, in pilots, you're laying the foundation of whoever the main characters are going to be, mm-hmm. because then you're going to build upon that. Agreed. Um, so I think for me, that was one of the issues I kind of took with the pilot. Um, but I do want to talk about one performance specifically, and that's Hannah Gross playing Debbie Mitford, who's kind of his open-minded opposite, um, who they end up kind of hooking up and presumably dating. I really like this actress, and I really like this performance, I got to say. I have not been. I'm. This is my first time being introduced to her. Yeah. So I don't know her history. She's hardly done anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's great. And this is. I will say this is something I love about David Fincher is he always brings us new faces. I interrupted you, Linda. Finish your thought. And then... I was just gonna say she almost brings a breath of fresh air to this, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. Like she brings the energy. She brings like the conspiracy or alternate theories to to cool. the pilot, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, I think it, she's an interesting foil to him, and she kind of pushes him to evaluate who he is Mm -hmm. this was to me the strongest part of the pilot was kind of their dynamic um and i still think it could have been a little stronger with i don't know but i'm excited i do think i'm going to watch the show and i'm excited to see where they go but this is what i really like about david fincher is he he's not afraid to cast i don't know how involved he was in casting Mm -hmm. but presumably very involved right because he's the ep of the show um and like he gave us rooney mara you know what i mean like he I do think he, I like how he'll pick nobodies and really cast specifically and really for good reason. Right. You know, so I'm I'm grateful for this choice. And I do think Hannah Gross might have a bright acting future. She is nailing it right mm-hmm. now. You heard Absolutely. it here first, guys. <laughs> in three years when she wins her Oscar, I said it in 2017. Um, I love that. Yeah. So to me, that's those are both the things I like and kind of the issues I take with these characters. Anything else related to character or performance that you want to address before we talk about some of the other components of the pilot? I think I'm good. Okay. I think I'm good, yeah. I'm going to talk my notes real quick. Yeah, yeah, take, look, take a look at your notes, and if you want to jump back, of course you can. What I want to talk about now, though, is the writing. This okay. is the thing that I found kind of problematic in this pilot. Um, Bree and I had mentioned that before we went on air that of course he is a playwright and I really think his playwriting influences got the better of him in this pilot mm-hmm. for the worse. Um, do you, did, did you feel that at all or I'm going to agree with you on, on parts of the writing. Okay. Definitely. Because I think that it was a bit 
hard to follow. Yeah. I think some of it was a bit choppy. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, did it take away from the storyline in the pilot? I'm going to say no, but I understand what you're saying. Fair enough. Bree, what, what's your take on, like, sort of the dialogue of this actual show? Um, for me, I mean, right off the bat, um, being a theater major and growing up in that area, it just sounded like a play to me. Mm-hmm. And like the the conversation was very much what you would see on stage and kind of how the dynamic on stage works versus how you write for film or television. Yeah, I agree. And I actually pulled some dialogue. I pulled a moment. This is actually first when Holden and Debbie meet, who are the, yeah. the couple that we were just talking about. So I pulled this dialogue. So just bear with me as I read it. Um, Holden says, or no, she says Watergate. And he says, our democracy is vanishing into what? Is that what this is all about? Just a response to turmoil? The government used to be symbolically a parental institution. Now it's a free-for-all. And, like, I feel like there were so many examples of, like, just... They would say, like, the aberrant behavior of the tendencies of society don't necessarily lend to this. And just, I was like, there's so many ideas in this show. Yes. But, like, what is being said, you know? I agree. With you. So, <laughs> I, I again, I think that they're trying to build layers, mm-hmm. right? So that the show is it, it's the dialogue, but it's also the, a sign of the times and how the '70s were really a transitional period. Yeah, right. So, you're the '60s, '70s, '80s, all completely different, and the '70s specifically, where you know a lot of the times it was it was like the good old boys club like right is right wrong is wrong is no gray area and so then you bring in you know all this quote unquote psycho babble talk Mm -hmm. and then the political a little bit of the political talk on top of it and it it did get a little jumbled it did get a little like what are you saying like I get you're laying the foundation but really could you just be a little bit more direct yeah, I, I agree. And I'm actually really into that. Like, I'm into the idea of the themes of the deconstruction of morality in the mm-hmm. 70s. And, like, I'm into all of that. I just feel like sometimes the show had trouble showing, like, conveying what it was actually trying to say, if that makes any sense. And maybe I'm just dumb, but I just felt like it was very wordy. And sometimes I felt like the characters were more vessels for ideas than actual people in this pilot. Mm-hmm. If that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, that does. I didn't even think of it that way. And it's the kind of thing where, from what I've heard, as the show develops, they become much more human. Mm-hmm. But I sort of was seeing talking ideas rather than actual people in this but pilot. could you argue that that was almost a sign of the times? Maybe. Like, they're just learning. Like, she's a university or college student, PhD student. So she's going to have a lot of, of that. Mm-hmm. And so... But it's also new. Yeah. Right? So maybe that's what they were trying to portray. It's a really good point. It's a really good point. It's just, it's something that's kind of hard to quantify. But we mentioned the social network, which makes sense because it's also Fincher. So I feel fine standing by this. But that movie starts with a very ideas-driven conversation. But in kind of an intangible way, I just felt them more as people during that scene than I ever felt people during this pilot. Okay. But that's just me again. And for those watching and listening, I'd love to hear your take. Let us know in the comments if you agree, if you don't agree. And um, yeah, it's been really fun to have our fans engage with us. Absolutely. We love it. We love it. And thanks for, you know, tuning in weekly to the show, guys. Um, And I hope you disagree with me. You know, I love that's the point of the show is to have conversation. Um, But yeah, I just wish the writing were a little less stagey and a little more human. (laughs) 
Because I have jumped ahead a little bit, I'm going to say that it starts to make more sense yeah. as you go on. Great. Well, that's, I'm excited for that. And I do think that that's a nice transition for us to talk about the themes of this show. Okay. This is exciting to me. This is the thing that's going to make me probably watch episode two. Is this a period piece? Mm-hmm. And you were touching on sort of it's a, a show about shifting ideologies in the 70s. Mm-hmm. What did you think about like the thematic interest of this show? I thought that there were so many of them. So specifically, um, I liked just a how the show was shot, right? So like the the low lighting mm-hmm. and the neutral colors. I thought that that was was interesting. And then the themes of you know criminality and whether criminal behavior is born you're born with it or you're insane or it's by passion or you're habitual so all of those those themes interacting with the lighting and the music and I just thought wow this is gonna go somewhere really fantastic yeah I could feel the show was deeper than a lot of crime shows Mm -hmm. or if I were to be critical I would say I could feel the show was trying to be deeper than a lot of crime shows and maybe not quite getting there for me uh, but I agree. I do think it was beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the cinematography was gorgeous. Even small choices, like the way they would um, show Chirons on screen. Yep. Like, just had a very 70s feel about it. It did. In a, kind of an intangible way. It reminded me also of Boogie Nights. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? that? That same idea? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good comparison. And then, sorry to cut you off. No, please. But I was reading as well online. Um, so the title sequence, because... The title sequence I watched a couple of times because I moved ahead, and then I paused it. So you're looking at the tape recorder because mm-hmm. they're taping as you move on, but you're also seeing like scenes of gore. Yeah, and they're equating that to Fight Club and the theater. Oh yeah, scene the small thought, inserts, yes, those small ins- cuts, right? Yeah, which I thought was fascinating. So when I was saying to you, it's, it seems like everything is kind of intertwined. Um, it really is. Well, the thing is, critics agree with you, and it seems like audiences do too. I think I'm in the way minority. And again, I've only watched the pilot, and I plan on watching more, but I think most critics agree with you that it's like a very smart, well-shot, um, thematically entwined show. Um, so I'm excited to keep watching, but I, I have my opinions about this pilot, which I, I am allowed to. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, which is the whole theme of our show. That's the point of our the show. pilot. Um, but I think that's what I wanted was just like a little more style and mm. pizzazz in this pilot. You know, the Fincher, like those choices in Fight Club where we have these insert cuts. I think I wanted more of that. And I just don't feel like, to me, the pilot had much like of it. Like they could have ramped it up just a tad. Just a little. Yeah. You don't want it to shift into campy territory. Because yeah. that's not at all what this show is. But, yeah, I could have used a little more of that, I think. But, yeah, I'm excited to see how the themes play out in the rest of this show. Agreed. Now... Can we talk about the first five minutes? Let's do it, yeah. So the first five minutes... This is major spoiler, just so you guys know, but... Spoiler alert! Yes. Took me for a ride. Ah! Oh, there spoiler it is. alert! There it is. Spoiler alert! I was about to get on the ground when I heard that siren. <laughs> so I'm laughing, and I, I'm also very intense, and you know how um, our main character, and I just lost his, his name, uh, Holden. Holden. Yeah. So Holden comes kind of to the rescue. Mm-hmm. He's in this hostage negotiation, and then the guy comes out naked, and he yeah. says, oh, you know, yeah, I can see you. You look cold. Yeah. Right? That was funny. I, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And then two seconds later, 
the guy's blowing off his head. Unbelievable. And, and shown on TV. Like, you see the splatter. The, I was like, what just happened? Yeah. I, mean, I was laughing two minutes ago. I know. Yeah, the mix of tones at the beginning was, yes. like, really, really exciting. Before the opening credits. Yeah. Netflix. Yeah, that was great. I agree. Amazing open. I liked the last five minutes I mentioned them. So yes. this is a major spoiler, too. But the conversation that him and his partner have in the, sh- the car is the way you should end a pilot, right? It set all the groundwork for the rest of the season and did make me excited to see their partnership. Um, it was just the middle that I don't know if I loved, but that's okay. Um, there's a specific scene I also want to talk about while we're talking about specific scenes that I found a little problematic, and I'll be interested to hear your take. One of the things that's happening during the show is Holden has, he's teaching mm-hmm. in Quantico and recruiting new members and kind of he's the orientation director, essentially. Um, but what he does is he's learning new techniques in these classes and he decides to introduce role play and yep. psychological acting to s- sort of push these recruits into new directions. Um, but this scene had this weird character who was very focused on sort of race and sexuality. Yeah, I think it was probably supposed to be a meditation on how the 70s weren't as progressive as we are today. But it felt like a bold choice to put, like, the word fag, and I think maybe the N-word was yeah. said. Ne- I feel like Well, it, they said Negro. I knew it was Negro, you're right. Which, but still, mm. I was a little cringed out, and I kind of wanted that choice. If you're going to make that choice, I wish I had a clearer vision of why. Yeah, that whole scene... I could have done without. Yeah. Um, because I think that you had the, um, you know, the manly man character who was like, no, I want to go in guns a blazing. Like, why are we talking? Which I get you're setting the backdrop of this, you know, psychological thriller. But then you brought in, which I'm thinking you're trying to bring in like the race and and racial issues of the time. Of course. As well as like the homophobia of the time. Mm-hmm. But you didn't spend enough time with it to even introduce it. You introduced it for a few seconds yes. in one scene, and then that is it. Um, right? If I make just yeah, please. Sorry. Be. Yeah, no. Um, jump in. I think it. I think it's the same thing as the characters. It was. I think they were trying a little too hard mm-hmm. to kind of instigate into us. This person has these new teaching ways that everyone's not on board with, and we're going to showcase it. But you know, it's the same with those characters. We. We didn't really need all of that to get there. I totally agree. Yeah, like, I think I've been saying my complaint was that this pilot was a little messy. And that was an example of something that was just a little messy for yeah. me. And yeah, I think you might be bringing me over now that we're dissecting it. Because I was just so like, wow, this is great. Well, I don't um, want to change your mind. I mean, I'm, you're not changing my mind, but I, I am starting to see what you're saying. Because I'm also going to bring up this point. So we have Holden's character, who was an infield hostage negotiator and then in the same pilot he basically gets taken off the field because of what happened i'm assuming Mm -hmm. and then he becomes a teacher in hostage negotiation but then from there he he's going to school and he's auditing because his girlfriend is telling him all these things that he doesn't know and he brings back some knowledge that where did you actually even get that from because as far as i've known you you've been on this in the field right you so took you one took class. one class <laughs> and then you brought all of this back yeah and then you're doing these role plays and then you want to instigate that into the fbi curriculum but you have been a professor or a teacher for like five minutes so uh-huh. i'm not really understanding like what your role is you have like five jobs in an hour 
You know, he's you know? he's a FBI guy. He's sensitive. He's he's kind of a mixed bag. A mixed- <laughs> <laughs> that was genius. Oh, thank you. I don't, yeah, that's just. I'm excited to keep watching this show. From what I've heard from people, is it's definitely there's shows that you can almost feel in the pilot. This pilot isn't as good as the show is. I, Parks and Rec is that way. One of my favorite shows of all time. Even watching that pilot, you can feel like okay, I can tell that this show is better than this pilot. Yes, and I feel that is. way about this pilot. I think it, it's it absolutely gets better, good. and you get invested in it. So that kind of leads to another conversation I want to have, which is just briefly. I think pilots have a lot of responsibility to, and it's hard. I think writing a pilot is an art, and it's a. We've talked about this on the show. It's one of the mm-hmm. hardest things you can do because you've got to close a bunch of doors and open a bunch of doors at the same time. At the same time. Um, but Netflix might have it a little easier because their pilot is the first twenty minutes of a movie that you can continue to watch if you want to keep watching the movie. That's right. Do you think Netflix almost has less responsibility to make a knockout pilot? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think that they do do that. I think Netflix just throws money at a lot of different shows and see what sticks. And yeah. I think that they also are able to recruit a lot of talent that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they hit it out the ballpark and sometimes they don't. And what's so interesting is from a network perspective, most of these deals work that you write and shoot a pilot and then the network decides based on that already shot pilot whether or not the series goes to order. Right. Whereas most Netflix deals are structured where they buy the whole show and they order, they give you 10 episodes. And you already have your 10 episodes. So even if you have a, the network show and you have your pilot and they pick up six episodes, they can cancel you in three. Right. And Netflix, you got your 10 out there. Right. So it almost makes you wonder if there's a sense of there's not as much there's not as much stakes involved with an amazing pilot if you're a Netflix show because you've been ordered and protected for those 10 episodes. I don't know. And it makes me wonder if this question. show had aired on AMC, if we would have gotten a bit of a tighter pilot in the same way of like Mad Men or Breaking Bad. I don't know. It's a good question. Let us know what you think in the comments. I just think like with all these different media, with streaming, with cable, with network, there's a lot of interesting, almost philosophical discussions to be had yes. of how do they actually change the show you know how does the medium change the show and could you have the same show across the different mediums like could you yeah. pick, could you pick up the show and bring it to network tv and see and have the same growth and have the same viewers maybe uh, not maybe not yeah or because, even sorry go ahead no no no. i'm just going off what you said like even if this show were made for like an hbo where it's airing weekly would it have looked different you know so does the network itself play a role in that? Do the writers play a role in that? And do you write towards the network or, you know, like a Netflix or whatever? Like, do you specifically cater your pilot to wherever you're trying to pitch it to? That's a good question. Well, I know like with Stranger Things, for example, the pilot did look different. And then once they knew it was written for Netflix, they kind of changed their structure. Hmm. So I think it can, which is an interesting conversation to be had. Um, anything I'm missing regarding Mindhunter that needs to be said? Bree, this includes you. Oh, I just bumped my microphone. I would just, I just want to say, um, you know, because I feel like I've been very negative about it, uh, that you should keep watching, in my cool. opinion. Uh, it gets a lot better as soon as even next episode. Um, the big thrill for me was to want to watch this kind of interscope with 
the serial killers and to get within their brains. And that's what you get as soon as the second episode. So cool. definitely keep watching if you're on the fence. Great. Thanks, Brie. Um, I also wanted to mention that part of just like with the lighting and how the show is shot, it's shot and filmed in and around Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I think that lends to just like the... I'm not saying these places are grittiness, but like the time and the grittiness of the mm-hmm. times of the 70s. Yeah. So I just, I think that all the proper pieces are there. So if we could just hold on and, you know, go through the series, I think that we're in for a pleasant surprise. Great. Well, I'm going to be a play then. And I, I thank Yay. you for selling both of you ladies, me selling me on the show. That being said, we're talking about the pilot and we always score these pilots out of five based on what we think. If I had to score this pilot just on the pilot, I'd have to give it a 3.1. Was my score. <laughs> I'm scoring the pilot, and I think that after discussing it and not just viewing it in front of my TV, on my couch, I'm going to say it's like a 3.5. Cool. Bree, you want to score? Um, sure. I think if I was going to go, I'd probably be around you, Jeff. Uh, I'd give it a 3.2, but I will say I would give the opening scene a 4.5. Agreed. That opening scene was amazing. Um, Well, of course, the final segment we have is our life or death segment, which is what we kind of predict will be the fate of the show. This is Netflix. This is David Fincher. I think this show has probably got a long shelf life. It's got a... Listen, it's got a long shelf life. Uh, I read online that they're already in pre-production for season two. Yeah. And that they have an overall deal uh, for five seasons. Okay. Well, there you go. That's good to be David Fincher, right? Right. (laughs) Um, Anything else that's been left unsaid about this show before we move on? No, I think that we've covered. Great. Well, Linda, this has been fun. I know. Bree, thank you for hopping in, too. Thanks, Bree. Cool. So, guys... The last thing I want to ask you is, do you think we should do an after show for this? It is a Netflix show, so we cover those a bit differently. But if you love this show, maybe um, Jeff, we'll- if I can intersect, we actually do have an after show. Perfect. For this, so. um, the first uh, half of the we do it in two parts for Netflix shows. So the first half where they do the initial first reactions and kind of go over the first half of the series is already up on YouTube. Um, the second half we'll be filming tomorrow night. Amazing. So that means I got to hurry up and watch this show so yes. I can catch. The The After Buzz After Show. Um, You guys can find that on the Drama Vertical, which is important for me to mention really quick. If you're watching this show, you're watching it on our featured channel, which are sort of our broad, ongoing shows. But we also have amazing other content spread across seven different YouTube verticals. So I co-host Dancing with the Stars. You may or may not have known that. It's my guilty pleasure show. Yes, love that show. But you can find that on our AfterBuzz TV Competitions YouTube channel. We also have a drama YouTube channel where you can find this content, a comedy YouTube channel. We have everything. We have everything you'd ever need. And give us feedback about how you feel about all of these changes. Give us feedback about the show, both Mindhunters and our format. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. That being said, Linda, where can they find you online if they want to connect find with you? Find me, Linda So Girly, all across social media. And, and let me know what you think. Let me know what you thought about the pilot because I definitely have a lot of thoughts about it. Bree, what about you? You're doing a lot at this network. So take some time and let the fans know where they can find you. Uh, you guys can find me at bphips14 on Twitter and Instagram. That's P-H-I-P-P-S. Um, Brie is actually now hosting an amazing short segment show dedicated to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is a show I really like. So check those out. She's editing them in very, very smart ways. 
Um, uh, guys, my name is Jeff Graham. If you want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham, as I mentioned. I am hosting Dancing with the Stars. I'm also hosting, though, um, a uh, table read show where we um, table read pilots and features. Oh, how fun is that? Really, really fun. Yeah, I'm very proud of that show. So if you want to check that out, that airs on Fridays at 10 a.m. And if you like pilots, yeah, absolutely. If you like pilots, it's the perfect place to go. Uh, We have an exciting show next week. We're actually reviewing two half-hour shows. One is a brand new True TV show called At Home with Amy Sedaris. Um, I'm a huge Sedaris family fan. So, and then we're also going to review Sarah Silverman's new pilot, which is called I Love You, America. Um, they're both kind of send-ups of traditional talk formats. So I'm excited to talk about both of those. And perfect timing, too, because uh, Chelsea Handler, her show is ending. So this would be a really interesting. Her Netflix show. Mm-hmm. I did not yes. know that. Wow. So I'll need to catch up on that. In the meantime, Linda, thanks for being here. Bree, thanks, thanks for guys. being here. Fans, thanks for being here. We'll see you next week at 10 p.m. on Wednesday. See you then. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.